What's, What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. I am Toshiba Oliver, one of your hosts. And I'm Leah Ross, your other host. Living as an urban Christian woman is an amazing gift and an incredible responsibility. We need God's truth to shape and transform us. The Urban Christian Woman is a space to help us grow in faith and steward who we are and the cultural context in which we live. On this podcast, we will excavate God's word and have great conversation about books of the Bible, discuss things happening in culture along with its challenges and how the Bible responds, and hear from and be encouraged by women living faithfully in everyday spaces for the glory of God. So listen, wherever you are, know that in this space, come on in because the water is fine and be equipped for everyday life through the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We are so happy. We are pumped to be here. We are pumped to be in 2021. Mm -hmm. God has been gracious. God has been kind. Y'all, 2020 is over. In 2021. 2021 is here. It's in the makings. He's 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 making all he's making it making us all new day by day already. Yes, yes, ma'am. And and on this glorious day, we're gonna be talking about repentance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Leah. So we're, we're here in Luke 13 and 14. I'm excited. Um, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. So yeah, we'll let's just kick it off. So Luke 13 and 14, the ways the kingdom we're talking about. The way of the kingdom is a way of humble repentance. Mm, say so that one more time, humble girl. Humble repentance. Mm-hmm. 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 And so in chapters 13 and 14, we're seeing Jesus turn his attention to address the religious elite mm-hmm. and the Pharisees. Okay. And he delivers these hard truths to them, right? Mm-hmm. So he's talking about the positioning and the posture necessary to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. He warns them and he gives them a very clear picture of who will enter the kingdom of God and how. So this is this is where we're at right now. Like Jesus mm-hmm. is delivering some words to some Pharisees, but he's also talking, I mean, just generally talking about humility and repentance in entering the kingdom of God. So mm, okay. let's do it. Let's look at who are the key players here. Yeah, the key players in chapter 13 and 14 are um, Jesus, the crowds, a disabled woman, a ruler um, of the synagogue. We're going to see these Pharisees in both chapters. And then Herod is mentioned briefly in chapter 13. and chapter 14, we're going to see Jesus, the Pharisees, and these dinner guests um, and the and the crowds are going to be coming. So, you know, we've got we've got some major key players here and Jesus is on the scene bringing some some real hard truth. And mm-hmm. it's taking place um it, it's taking place during a time when Jesus has already proclaimed his death and resurrection and now he is on his way to Jerusalem. So, though our location is not specifically known in chapter 13, we do know mm-hmm. that he is on the way to Jerusalem and chapter 14 um in, in a portion of it takes pl- the majority of it takes place at um, a house of a ruler of the Pharisees. So, Leah, why is this taking place? Yeah, so uh, we know that the chapters, these two chapters are full of parables. They're chock full of parables. And Jesus is telling these parables mainly to a religious audience to get this point across, that Jerusalem is missing the boat, mm-hmm. is missing the boat. Mm-hmm. So in these parables, there's warnings after warnings to repent, to be humble, yeah. to see that the lowly are brought into the kingdom. And yet we see time and time again, these Pharisees and religious rulers are missing it. Mm-hmm. We see God's justice and him being true to his word, right? We were talking about how, right. um, you know, God is God is true to delivering um, what he says. Salvation is to Israel first. Right, then to the whole world, mm-hmm. and even as Israel rejects it, right, God's word is even being proven true about that about Israel rejecting um, the the Messiah. But what is what is so cornerstone here is that it, he he delivers the message to Israel first, right? We we know that Israel are God's people, and again, we're just camping there, like they're not God's people because. 
right. they have some extraordinary characteristic or whatever. I was just but we can that. hearken back to when God called, when God he he actually like makes it very clear, like this is why I chose you, Israel. Right. right? And right. it's in Deuteronomy six, um, Deuteronomy seven, mm-hmm. six and eight. You want me to read it? Got it. Go go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it, I'm gonna read it for you, and then you can go, go ahead, ahead and continue to expound. For you yeah, are you a people it. holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasure, treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that mm-hmm. the Lord set his love on you and chose you for you were for you were the fewest of all peoples but it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your teachers mm-hmm. that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations Mm -hmm, and repays mm -hmm. to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with one who hates him he will repay him to his face. You shall therefore be careful to do the commandments and the statutes and the rules that I command you today. And I'm thinking, Leah, how profound is this? Because it really points us back to the way of God's kingdom, which was one of a humble repentance. Yeah, yeah. Not this posture that Israel was chosen because of anything they brought to the table. They were Mm -hmm. the fewest, they were the least. It was because of God's steadfast love and him wanting a people for himself. And so girl, you, 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 you already out the gate, starting fires, starting fires. Listen, listen. and so I think, you know, for that to be the place um, that we view this from is super important because Mm -hmm. um, as we see Jesus addressing the Pharisees and these religious rulers, like, there is often an operation of entitlement there. And it's like, no one forgot Mm. why God chose you in the first place. Not because you could be a rule follower, not because you could do it right, but because of his mercy, because of his love. Here you go. We three minutes in. So listen, we get, we get in there. So yeah. So in chapter, his steadfast steadfast love. love. And cause Mm -hmm. he keeps covenant. He's a covenant keeping God. Yes. Yes. So in chapter 13, we're, we're going into these themes in chapters Mm -hmm. 13 and 14. Mm -hmm. And um, in chapter 13, we see the theme of the true meaning of the Sabbath. We've talked about the Sabbath a lot in the book of Luke, and we're going to see Jesus doing, doing a lot of work on the Sabbath, foreshadowing of the spiritual Mm -hmm. rest that is to come with Jesus, um, Jesus's sacrifice of himself. And then we see the theme of the kingdom of God having small beginnings. And Leah, you talked Mm -hmm. about this about the seemingly insignificant and unnoticed and talking about coming off of Christmas and the nativity and its relevance that leads to major growth. Um, And I just want you to sort of just briefly just give a nugget about the seemingly insignificant and unnoticed. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see that like zoomed in, in chapter 13, but I love that um, really the, the illustrations that Jesus uses about what the kingdom of God is like, he's talking about a mustard seed and he's talking about the leaven of the bread. And those are, um, you know, things that were like these uh, unsightly, the, Mm -hmm. the mustard tree is this unsightly thing. The, the leaven is actually bacteria. And we, we think about like how those things are, are not actually like the things that are um, glitzy, glammy, like Mm -hmm. embraced by the culture. We like it. Uh, But ultimately it does lead to um, an interaction that is transformational, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and the, and this, we see this also in how acts just multiply out of these like dudes that are just straight up the, out the margin. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's really powerful. So we'll, we'll look at that again in, in chapter 13 as we zoom in. Um, but then in chapter 14, we see these themes of Jesus telling these parable, parables that illuminate God's scandalously lavish love, God's mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. that just go, busts smart, busts out the Ooh. barriers yes, and um, just acts in ways that we think is just scandalous. But right, it right. is out of his enormous love for us. He 
um, that he uh, appeals to us and draws us in this way. And then we see Jesus reemphasizing what kind of people are found in the kingdom of God, the poor, mm-hmm. the lowly, the humble, the outsider. Yep. We'll see him repeat those categories of people again and again. Yep. And lastly, he doubles down on the call and the cost of discipleship. Mm-hmm. And also the consequence, right, of not properly embracing the call yeah. and the cost. Yeah. So we'll see that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when when we're reading the text, when we're reading these two chapters, mm-hmm. we're seeing some repeated words as repent. We're seeing the kingdom of God, the Sabbath. We'll see how Jesus really reorients um, this embracing of the Sabbath and what that actually means. Jerusalem is is expressed out of his heart of longing. And then these, these parables echo the feast and the banquet and the invited and those who are, um, yes, the invited people in the feast and the banquet. So we'll see those repeated words as well. And so, yeah, let's anchor ourselves. What are the key verses here in these two um, chapters? Yeah, yeah. As you guys can already see, like there is this super close, close in focus, like a magnifying glass on, what repentance is and and um we chose these two verses Luke 13:5 that says um no i tell you but unless you repent you will also likewise perish in in Luke 13:5 and then in Luke 14:27 um we hear um it, we see in the verse it says um let me see whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So we see these two anchors here in 13.5. We see that repentance is the first step on the road to true discipleship. And then in 14.27, Jesus is summing up the cost of discipleship. So the road and the cost mm-hmm. of, yeah. of of following Jesus. And so yeah. repentance is getting on the road and the cost of discipleship is what it means to walk on walk the road, road, to walk yep. on the road. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's dig right on in here and let's start seeing what's happening, what's going on in the text. Let's look at chapter 13. Yeah, as 13 starts yeah. out, um, Jesus, he's... He's refuting these assumptions about suffering, and then he's reframing the legal uh, legalistic assumptions of the rulers and the Pharisees about the Sabbath. And he does that through this healing of a disabled woman. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jesus, first of all, he's breaking down um, in in this call to um, know that key verse. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. They're they're sitting there basically arguing about who are these greatest sinners based on the suffering that they experience. But mm-hmm. Jesus is like, look, you won't actually avoid suffering by being quote unquote less of sinners. Yeah. Um, but that in fact, the greatest suffering is to come for those who do not repent. And it's mm-hmm. this eternal suffering. So it's sort of like the leveling the playing field of, yeah. listen, there's one threshold, it's repentance. Okay. Yeah. And I love the fact that he also, I love the fact that, you know, turn that on the coin of the head with Old Testament and how the Pharisees and the priests were offering repentance for um, the entire community. And Jesus mm-hmm. is turning it on its head. And he's saying, no, unless you repent. Yeah. Unless yeah. you repent. And so he's saying, you are not above uh, mm-hmm. your suffering, the suffering that you will experience, you can, you have the ability to experience eternal suffering apart from me, unless yeah. you repent. And so, you know, where they've been in the communal context, Jesus is saying, no, look at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. unless you mm-hmm. repent, you will perish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's echoed too in this second part with the barren fig tree. I mean, it's like literally Absolutely. the fruit, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. the fruit is not there, yep. then the the be, and and shoot, hold up, wait a minute. Didn't John? Come on, you about to you about didn't to, John the Baptist come call on. them? Come on, at, at, way gospel. back in Luke when we talked about it, we mm-hmm. talked about it before. He said, "Bear fruit in keeping with repentance." Okay, come on now he said, and so how fruit in step? So with how repentance. is this echoed? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Look, he's looking for this fruit and the fruit. the lack of the fruit is a lack of repentance. So I think that's really um, what is being highlighted here. And um, yeah, so then we see this example of Jesus calling this disabled woman over 
laying hands on her, which is two cultural norms completely shattered. He's calling, he's speaking, calling to a woman, speaking directly to her and then touching her. And so there, first of all, that that whole paradigm is shattered of how women are to be sort of otherized and ostracized in that context. And then he rejects this Jewish law that adds on to the meaning of the Sabbath, right? They're at, they're piling on these these meanings and calling on, it teach Sabbath. Us, teach and us. he's like, I'm cutting that all down. I'm Come on. claiming that the meaning of the Sabbath is this echoing back to what we saw in Luke 4, 18 and 19, that it mm-hmm. is to be loosed from bonds mm-hmm. to set free those who are oppressed. And yes. then he proclaims that he is actually that embodiment of the freeing Sabbath rest because he brings... This daughter of Abraham who has been Talk bound about that for daughter years, of so Abraham loosing the bonds, right? The daughter of Abraham. Abraham bore seeds of faith, right? Though that's how Abraham's descendants were as numerous as the stars. You better come on and teach. They embodied his faith. So right. the daughter of Abraham is literally speaking and saying, this mm. woman of faith right here, right who here. Satan bound for 18 years will be loosed from the bonds on this Sabbath day. And so he's, he's, he's reminding them and emphasizing that he is the embodiment of this freeing Sabbath rest. Okay. And then we go on to seeing this, again, this example of the mustard seed and the leaven, like Mm -hmm. the mustard tree is not really even the biggest tree. Like we, I think a lot of times we've heard this, um, through, this reading of the scripture through heavily through our cultural lens, right? Like we think, oh, okay, like this tiny little seed and grow something big. And we, in American culture, we love this underdog story. So we're mm-hmm. like the little guy, like it's huge. And, and, and that's, I, mm, do I want to say this is like a little bit of the, this fancy word, eisegesis, right? Where you like put yourself into, you apply yourself Go ahead and more context into the Talk text. about eisegesis. And that's, that's, and exactly that's what how that you understand the scripture instead of the, the totality. Word, mm-hmm. Yes. The exegesis, which is taking what is actually there in the mm-hmm. context in which it is. Come on. And seeing how, like putting that as the lens for your life instead of your life, putting that as a lens for scripture. So it's a little, little fancy theological word out. for you. You nerded out. Pocket. You nerded out for a second. <laughs> we welcome it. We welcome it. But with the mustard seed and the leaven, the, the important sort of exegesis there is that a mustard tree was almost like a weed, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it was annoying and it was obnoxious and it showed up and, and, and choked out other things or it brought yeah. birds. It was insignificant. It was insignificant. It was insignificant and sort of annoying because mm-hmm. the birds would come and then they would eat the actual crops that were there. Mm. The leaven, leaven is actually like a bacteria, right? That multiplies and multiplies and multiplies and creates this bread mm-hmm. um but it does you know has a scent to it or whatever this whole thing and so it's it's really like he's really boiling it down to saying there's these things that the the world sees as annoying obnoxious unsightly but the kingdom of god is actually going to come in those ways and yes. this is what the kingdom of god is like so mm, mm, man i'm just and I'm, i love I'm, it I'm, yeah and I, what what we're going to continue we've already been seeing it through the entire book of luke mm-hmm. let me tell y'all coming you know we're already beginning preparing for 15 and 16 and and going into that is how jesus is is focusing on um, the things that are insignificant the things that no one yeah. would want to actually right engage or be involved Mm -hmm. or even be around. And Jesus is saying, no, I want them near just like this woman. He's like, no, I see you. Let me call woman who is disabled. Come. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also you are free from your disability. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He he is saying like that not only the playing field has always been leveled, but yeah. even more, he is amplifying and saying, no, I am coming for you. I am showing that I am here for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Hey, ladies, we are so grateful to bring you the ministry of the Urban Christian Woman right into your headsets, your airwaves every single week. We have seen God at work through the varying resources of the Urban Christian Woman, be it the blogs, the podcasts, the events held locally in the Cleveland, Ohio area. 
Currently, we are seeking to reach our giving goal of $1,500 of monthly givers to fuel God's kingdom work in the lives of urban women all across the U.S. So we would ask you to consider giving as little as $5 a month to the work of the urban Christian woman and help equip urban women with God's truth for everyday life. You can give right now by going to www.theurbanchristianwoman.com. Thanks in advance for your investment into the lives of urban women. Okay, so yeah. we, we see Jesus. You're talking about the leaven. You've talked about um, this the, the seed. And then we began to see Jesus journeying toward Jerusalem. And somebody speaks specifics about who will be saved in 21 through 30. Leah, mm-hmm. coach us mm-hmm. through this yeah. text about so the question, who's going to be right. saved. First of all, who yeah, will be he saved? says who. who? And, and Jesus just claps back, refutes that question. He's like, you're saying, you're talking about who, who, Ooh. who. But I'm, you know, how many, how many? Yeah. And he's actually addressing, no, this is the way, mm-hmm. the way. He says in verse 24, many will seek to enter and not be able. Mm, and so mm, what mm. what is this able? I think about that, like anchoring on that word. What is the ability to enter? Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. is referring to repentance, yes. right? He wants, mm, he, mm-hmm. he wants us to understand that repentance is the way to enter. Yeah, so we're not yeah. we're not overly occupied with with who and how many mm-hmm. um but with the way which is repentance and yeah. then he goes on to say that um at some point the master of the door will rise and shut the door the master of the mm-hmm. house will rise and mm-hmm. shut the door yeah he warns us that this time of extending grace will not be forever and that's that's sort of this hard thing for us to grasp it feels like some type mm-hmm. of harshness from god mm-hmm. um but what what the again the framework that we need to have is is that god is a holy and righteous god like there is no yeah. Yeah, there is no justification that we have on our own to yeah. enter into that door, and so mm-hmm. it's again the humility of our, uh, the way that we posture ourselves that in its mercy yes. that He shows up and even invites us in, even invites us in. Yeah, and so at some point we know that this time of this gracious extension of this gift will it will it will end. It will yeah, close. and 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 people we don't as Americans we don't mm-hmm. like to deal in finalities and you know embrace the finiteness of ourselves. Right, mm-hmm. we don't want to do that. We don't like to do it. You know, we sort of like to just have this relative neutral ground all the time, just thinking Mm -hmm. that we're just going to keep going and spinning our wheels. And if 2020 ends, most certainly we will. So, you know, (laughs) know, most certainly certainly we will for sure, you know, and so he is, he is calling them on, on what, what is, are you going to repent or are you mm-hmm. going to uh are you going to just continue to go your own way and trust in yourself yeah. um, and, and hold to the law again. and hold to the law mm-hmm. and right? hold to the law yeah well and 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 here we see again this vivid warning of of humility because he says you'll see the fathers of the face you right you thought Ooh. you were level with them you thought- and yet you yourself cast out because what what they failed to understand is that the fathers of the faith did not arrive there yeah. by this sort of righteous keeping of you know, righteousness in the law. They arrived there because yes, they were obedient to God, but out of a place of faith. The Girl, the fathers come of the on. Faith. Come on. And so may and I this love that be he a names these three. Us. Yeah, he <laughs> names them. And we know we can look back and line. see their stories. Yeah. We can see their stories. It was a faith. It was all by faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And so we, we know that this is also a caution to us for, for a posture of true mm-hmm. repentance, mm-hmm. thinking that we've earned our way in, but actually submit to God through repentance in a posture of humility. Yeah, and so, yeah. and then, and then the surprise twist, right? The plot twist Girl, for them. I love this is he part. answers. Listen, like it. this is who will actually be at the banquet. People will come from the east, west, come on, the north the and nations. south, and recline at the nations. table in the kingdom of God. He's talking nations. about the nations. Nations. He's saying that these Gentile nations will be included, mm. and if you do not repent, you will be left out because you did not embrace this posture yes. of repentance. Yes. And we yes. see that, like even from the very beginning in the Christmas story, we have the Magi that come from yes. the east. Yes. The very one, some of the very first people to to see. Two years Journey and embrace Jesus as King mm-hmm. was 
these magi. Mm-hmm. And um, and right there, we see in front of Jesus represented these, these Gentiles were brought in mm-hmm. and the shepherds as well, who were the yeah. poor Jews. So we see from the very beginning, those who recline at the table, mm-hmm. same as people that were those who showed up at the beginning of welcoming King Jesus yeah. were the Gentiles and the poor Jews. So we've got yeah. the poor mm-hmm. there as well. Yep. And so, but again, lest we think like Jesus is only kind of giving these harsh words in this cold shoulder to Jerusalem, yeah. we see here at the end of chapter 13, Come on. God has this maternal longing for his people. Mm. He, he is not, um, right. Like he's not just delivering these harsh words. He actually yeah, he expresses has a heart of mercy this. and compassion. He expresses this mm-hmm. longing. Yeah. Right? He doesn't hide the longing. He mm-hmm. expresses his longing mm-hmm. and um, lamenting Jerusalem's yeah. unwillingness to be cared for and provided for yeah, in through verse, the tender mercy of the kingdom of God. Yeah. In verse 34, what does he say? He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Mm-hmm. And so this whole this whole repetitive, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that's a deep intimacy and a longing to yeah. be with who, like we were talking about in Deuteronomy, as we sort of set that at the forefront of uh, this podcast, that he, he it was his steadfast love that mm-hmm. that that he chose them and so he's now longing for yeah. those who he had this steadfast chosen love for yeah yeah and yeah, so absolutely. It, as a mother all of us love, can like, relate we, mm-hmm, look, look i love too that we can see the maternal heart of god here um, mm-hmm. that you know any of us who are mothers know what it what our desire and our like deep yearn to care for our children and to protect them. Mm-hmm. So we can understand just Jesus longing, feeling deeply that way towards his own wayward children. Mm-hmm. He wishes that they would remain in his care through repentance and yet, and yet they do not. Yeah. Um, and in the midst of that, yeah. he continues to speak. And that's what I think we'll also see this, right? Is that even though he has this deep longing for them to return to him, right? To return to the Lord mm-hmm. and, and, and be people of faith and repentance, mm-hmm. he says, and you were not willing. Um, and, and then he mm-hmm. goes on to speak this judgment in the last verse, behold, your house is forsaken. And I tell you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And yeah. so we, we see that the, they, they were choosing, they were not choosing him um, and choosing by faith. And so mm-hmm. Jesus has judgment and it is hard for, I know when I talk about it, it's just sort of like mm-hmm. jolting and hard to take in. And yeah. it's so, yep. it is a very caution, even when I read it in the text as I'm, you know, I'm not intentionally being a Pharisee, but it, you see the warnings there and you're like, okay, oh. it's, easy. Yeah. it's easy to go there. It's easy mm-hmm. to go into falling mm-hmm. into the legalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. And that's part of humility too, is being able to check our own hearts and not just looking at the Pharisees as like, oh, that other wild out group. Yeah, like, no, yeah. wait a minute. Like, let us continually check our own hearts for, and it takes that discernment too, because it may not look like in these obvious glaring ways, but I know ladies, if we take the time to let the spirit speak to us and let him discern honey, um, those ways, like there is never a moment where it will not crop up. There's never a moment where it will not honey, And often it comes from those spaces in my life where I find myself judging others, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, how is that not exactly what the Pharisees were doing at this time? Mm -hmm. Judging others' qualifications to enter the kingdom of God. And as they judged others, they themselves were blind to the fact that they were Mm -hmm. left out. Oh, girl, even as you're saying that, I'm thinking of like, you know the other the other way that it can sort of flush out in our lives is just like um how it did in chapter 13 right where the pharisees are talking about you know where there is this conversation about the galileans um mm-hmm. and and how they're like well i mean like which one is suffering more like this mm-hmm. pull yourself up by your bootstraps like mm. why can't why can't 
they get it together? I mean, like, are they really suffering that much? And it is a pharisaical, self-righteous posture. And that's why Jesus comes right back around and says, unless Mm -hmm. you repent, you will all likewise perish. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. he's saying, you need to embrace your own understanding of your own sin, your Mm -hmm. own disobedience, your own hostility towards me and the way in which um, you have mingled with sacrifices. Yeah. So we find ourselves Mm -hmm. in in chapter 14. Falling right out of that. How you mingle with all types of idols. Uh, You might as well just call it idols. How you mingling with idols. Might as well just call call it idols. Yeah. And so Jesus here, we come into chapter 14. He is still speaking to the Pharisees. And now he's speaking in these parables about the nature of the kingdom of God. He warns them of pride. Mm -hmm. And then he illustrates through these parables, elevation of the lowly. So he's, and like, yeah, he just continues to be around Pharisees, even as they have these skeptical hearts, he continues to pursue them. And, um, and so here we have in 14, again, Mm. on the Sabbath, he's at this house of the rule of the Pharisees and they're skeptical, but he's circling back again. And this emphasis on who he is in light of the Sabbath, they're like, Y'all, you can't heal this man. And Jesus is mm-hmm. like, listen, is it lawfully here on the Sabbath or not? Yep. They, he asked them their own question. Yep. Now they don't even want to say anything because they know that he's about to do something off the radar. And he heals the man. And then he comes back and asks them these, this heart level reflection. You heart treat, level. Basically ex- exposing, right? Mm-hmm. You treat your animals better on the Sabbath than you want to do in this man who's created in God's image. And they ultimately, I mean, they can't, they can't even say anything. Yeah. So, yeah. And I love that he is always, even, even when he is calling them to conviction and truth, he's like, listen, how many of you would, would not do this? Like that, Mm -hmm. you you wouldn't having a son or an ox. He said having a son, having a son or an ox that, Mm -hmm. that, that has fallen away into a well would not immediately pull them out. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is showing the posture of one who follows him and one who has his spirit, right? It, it's this posture of like, yeah, I go after the one because yeah. I love them. So anyway, it goes back to your point of warning them of their pride and illustrating to them the elevation of the lowly things, like yes. the posture towards lowliness and their mm-hmm. need, their need to embrace that. Yeah. And this whole, the whole rest of 14 is really about elevating the lowly. I mean, he goes into telling these parables um, to those at this Pharisee's feast. And first he addresses, he addresses these three groups, right? So Mm -hmm. he intentionally and intentionally addresses to these different groups of people. He tells a parable to those who are invited. Then he tells a parable to the one who had invited him. Mm -hmm. And then finally he speaks to the crowds gathering and pressing in. And so he addresses Mm. the one who he tells a parable to those who are invited. And he's talking about this humility, right? About their posture, their place Mm. that they take when they arrive here. There is this repeated emphasis of um, humility. You shouldn't come into this knowledge of God with this puffed up self-importance. He says, put yourself in the lowest place. So he's asking us to do that action of humbling Mm. or Otherwise, God himself will humble you in that way. Mm-hmm. And then verse 11, he's talking about that he will come and lift up those who humble themselves. Mm. So it's sort of, we were joking about this earlier to Shiva, but it's like when your kid's toddler and you're like, listen, either you can put your shoes on or I can do it for you. But either way, you're getting your shoes on, okay? Because we got to go. <laughs> And it's like, you can do it of your own will, or I can make your body do it. That's, that's Mm -hmm. just how you parent sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is, this is the way that God is parenting us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, please humble yourself. But if you do not humble yourself, then ultimately I will humble you and I will exalt the lowly who humble themselves. Yeah. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one sentence review and some stars. 
This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. All right. So talking about um, this parable, as you were just saying, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I was thinking about was this conversation around honor and shame and uh, God's kingdom is actually upside down compared to the kingdom of this world. The things that uh, the world finds honorable, God can find shameful as he is talking yeah. about uh, this this partiality and wanting to be in these places of power. Mm-hmm. He's saying, in my kingdom, what is honorable mm-hmm. is choosing the lowly place. It's choosing to put on the shame. That's it. Mm-hmm. And taking on that shame uh, for his glory, yeah. right? For mm-hmm. his kingdom's sake versus uh, taking on the kingdom of this world that pursues its own privilege, its own good. Yeah, pursues its own honor. And it for its own mm-hmm. honor. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. So it, I, I found that to be, you know, you can either do this or I will do it for you. Yeah. Girl, I was thinking that right there. Yeah. I was thinking that right there. Yeah. So looking at these other two parables, we're looking at... Um, uh, now, uh, Jesus is invited mm-hmm. to a, a feast so, and yeah, a dinner. So he's, so he's telling this parable. So we're, we're walking through who he's ta- when he's talking to those who are invited. And right. then he's talking to the man who had invited him. Mm-hmm. And again, so as he fleshes out this parable, there's this repeated elevating of the poor mm-hmm. and elevating in the outcast in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. He's... I mean, like, I, I mean, he literally just talks about <laughs> this master and this servant. Right. And what is wild is that, like, as we know in parables, like, each part of the parable, each part of the story represents someone mm-hmm. who Jesus is either talking to or yeah. he's addressing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when he's talking to, he's saying, when you give a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors. So he's talking about sort of this insider-outsider mentality, but mm-hmm. bring in the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and yeah. you will be blessed. Why? Because they can't repay you. And so where will your repayment come? Mm -hmm. Your repayment will be at the resurrection of the just. And so he's acting for this righteousness. Other other places in um, scripture, we we hear what true religion is. It's doing good to the poor. Uh And so he's saying, bring about Mm -hmm. righteousness by doing these things. His brother James Mm -hmm. uh, makes that known in the book of James. He says- uh, Thank you. I was like, I know it's James. Yeah. Pure and undefiled religion is caring for the poor, the widow, the orphan in their times Mm -hmm. of need. Absolutely. That's pure and undefiled. So here is this place Mm -hmm. where the Bible makes me laugh and makes me crack up. Because Jesus names by name mm-hmm. a couple groups of people. He does. He names the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Okay. How and many then, times does he? Listen. Girl, tell me how many times does he name He's these same people? Out those groups of people, and mm-hmm. then the very next thing that happens. Tell us what happens, girl. Someone is reclining at the table and mm. says. Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Mm. to shake that down, he's literally saying, blessed are us, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're talking about two specific group of people, and that makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so my discomfort, I'm actually going to blurt this out. Mm -hmm. But everyone is blessed, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. we talk about black lives matter. All lives matter, right? Come on. Come on, Jesus. Jesus? But but all lives matter, Jesus. And Jesus is like... I didn't, I'm sorry, you misunderstood what I said. I said, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed. Mm -hmm. You will be blessed. Hot take, somebody might have just cut us off. I know, it's all right, it's all right. We love you in Jesus' name because, listen, it's about his kingdom. And then it goes on to say, just as Leah is saying in verse 18, but they all alike began to make excuses. And here is what yeah. is happening. I got yeah. to bring this down bring in real, down. Ter- break it down in real terms, yeah. because what is happening is Jesus is 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 saying, here is who I want 
at my yeah. table. Mm -hmm. Here is who you want to invite mm -hmm. at your table. And there is a minimization. Mm -hmm. There is a minimization from the Pharisee to mm -hmm. say, but everyone, mm -hmm. blessed is everyone who will eat. And he's saying, listen, you're making excuses. Mm. And we can, you know, I, I, I really want to sit there for a minute because I know as we were studying this text, I was convicted in real time as I have had guests at my table and I have participated in a form of making excuses for my own comfort and minimizing what God has asked me to do in my heart. Mm -hmm. I actually will do the action. Mm -hmm. But in my heart, my heart's posture is not one of humility yeah. and elevating the lowly. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, mm. I am minimizing what God says his kingdom and is, is about and who his kingdom yes. is for. Yes, yes. And yes. I, have, I have been in a state of repentance since I have... I have, the Lord has opened my eyes to this text. And I know that right now in our culture, some of us are falling into the same space, mm -hmm. making excuses. Making excuses. And what's crazy is that in this well, text, no, I, no, that's, I think that's necessary for us to hear and to reflect on. And, and what is like, what is wild to me is that in this parable, he's saying that there was a banquet and many were invited. Many. So there's a time period that passes at the time of the banquet. Yep. So there's the invitation that goes out. Come on. And then there's a lapse of time. And then the time of the banquet, everyone begins to make excuses. Mm -hmm. And so what you're talking about is real because for us, we we know the call. The call is to enter into the work of the kingdom, yep. to embrace the gospel. Mm -hmm. And then some time passes. Mm -hmm. That delay. And then, and, and things crop up, right? Mm -hmm. I have the yoke and the oxen. Mm -hmm. I, I got a, I got a wife now. Come on, I got to tend to these other things. Mm -hmm. And so whereas the time lapses, mm -hmm. all these other trappings, right? Mm -hmm. These trappings get in the mm -hmm. way. My money. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Because, I, I mean, Jesus makes two illustrations here through the parable about, yeah. it's about money. And it's about people in his oikos, right, in, right, right, in their right. personal oikos, huh. valuing and prioritizing to an unhealthy space. Yeah. Okay. The, go on. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. What no, but, yeah. The stuff that the stuff that has accumulated in the meantime mm. takes on more value Ooh. than the kingdom of God. Leah. And 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 what's crazy is that they were the ones originally help invited. us Holy Spirit help us Holy Spirit. So it's not like those who this comes by surprise. They knew it was coming. Mm. The Pharisees, the the Jewish religious leaders, they knew that the Messiah was coming. Yes, and yet they got caught up. Yes, so that when the time came for the for the actual mm. manifestation of mm. this promise. Mm. They they like, I got some other stuff to tend to, Jesus. I can't. And then I can't. Listen, I got to keep going because mm -hmm. we got to keep going with this conversation because yeah. the, the crazy part is, is that Jesus is telling a parable. And then what happened, what pops off next is that he tells a parable within a parable. Yeah. Girl, tell the parable within the parable, Leah. The parable Leah. within the parable. No, I ain't never got, seen nothing you, like this. You got to do it. You got to do it. Girl, You're on fire. I ain't never seen You're nothing like this. Go with Jesus it. started telling a parable within a... I said, who is this God that I serve as I'm reading this text? I about wanted to run... I just had to set my Bible down. I said, he is the almighty God. He telling a parable inside of a parable. I'm already convicted from the top. And now he said, hold on one second. Let me tell you one more thing. <laughs> Inside another parable. And then he goes on to say this. He says, literally, another, he says in verse 19, uh, after he's, he says uh, that that another says, I've, I've bought five oxen. Um, I have to go examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I married my wife. It, it says, so the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, okay, He's saying to a servant, he tells another parable. He says, listen, here's another situation that plays out. He says, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the, here it is again, mm -hmm. the poor. What's that group of people? The crippled, the blind and the lame. Mm -hmm. And the servant said, 
Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, look at what he says, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Mm. He said, listen, oh, there's still room? There's still room. There's still room because God, God's table is... It, it is it is abundant. That's that lavish, reckless love that we're girl, talking about. And girl. the three groups of people here, we t- we see the those who were invited, those who received the prophecy, the yes. religious leaders, and then we see the you know the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And mm. those are those within Jerusalem that are the that are literally the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. It ain't yeah. no fancy way to put it. It ain't it's literally the lowest and the poorest. And then. No, no, no. There's still room. So we're going to extend this to the nations. We're going to extend it to to everybody, the highways. From the east. And let's go back to chapter 13 Mm -hmm. because he said, go out to the highways. and So he's now saying, and people will come from the east and the west and from the north Mm -hmm. and the south Mm -hmm. and recline at table in the kingdom of God. Y'all, I love how God's word interprets itself, how it speaks to the very Things that we are wrestling with today, mm-hmm. and he is speaking right now. Yeah, yeah. It is It is a call and a reminder mm. that his love is I'm so I gotta calm recklessly down. lavish it and is extravagant. Reckless. There is no one that is outside of this reach. Mm. And and the, the desire for God's heart to call everyone in. Mm. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful. And then I love, as you go on and you continue on, he says, compel people. Mm -hmm. That word compel, that's a a deep word, compel. Mm -hmm. It's not a convincing. It's saying that because you're going out, you're compelling them. It's an action. You're modeling. You're inviting. Mm -hmm. You're reclining. You're compelling them. There's a longing that they see within you within you to come to to the Lord's table mm-hmm. and that's a oh that's a whole word for yeah, us today so that his house may be filled mm-hmm. and then it is very jarring again to hear this for I tell you in verse 24 that none of these men who were invited shall taste my banquet mm-hmm. so these these Pharisees these the previously insiders the ones who wanted the places of honor, are now excluded as outsiders because they have made excuses. Because they have mm. made excuses. The 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 true posture Ooh, of their hearts. Help are us, Lord. Help us to them. not make excuses. Mm-hmm. That's a whole word right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so we yeah. get to this last part, yep. right? And so finally, he's speaking to the crowds, those gathering and pressing in. And we mm. know that this could have been anybody because at the yeah. time. They're, they have these feasts and these banquets in the backyard. Yeah. It's just open air. Anybody could have come in that space. And yeah. so his great emphasis here, he's talking to the crowds, is to make it clear the cost of following Jesus. He sums it up to complete commitment. Okay. Yeah. He says it's complete commitment of yourself, mm. complete commitment of your status, mm. and complete commitment to shoulder the shame that you were talking about earlier. Come on. Take Come on, on that upside down kingdom shame. Come on. And he sums it up plainly in that anchor verse in 33. Therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has mm. cannot be my disciple. Mm. And there it, I mean, he's illustrating the cost in 27 too you bear your cross you come after me there there's this there's this desire to clearly communicate mm. this is a this is a shouldering of the sh- of the worldly shame mm-hmm. and this is a commit a wholehearted commitment to following me mm. and if you cannot do that then you cannot be a disciple I don't I don't even know how to respond to that because I for my own self I I know my heart often withholds mm-hmm. in certain corners and areas like that which I know should be fully surrendered to the Lord. So I'm not coming from a place or a posture of like I've checked the boxes. I get this. Yeah. This is easy. I've yeah. arrived. Mm-hmm. No, this is a constant 
um, mm, mm, uh, mm, like mm. temperature check for us, Ooh, right? Like thanks yes, be to God is. that we've received his grace. We don't mm. come in and then be kicked out again, yeah. but it's a constant temperature check. We got to read that gauge and remind ourselves, are we really, like we said earlier, repentance is getting on the road and the cost is walking on the road. Are we putting Ooh. one step forward walking on the road? Are mm. we doing it? Am I doing it? Mm, 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 so mm. then he ends this, saying with this little bit about salt. <laughs> talk about it. Okay. You about to, just go ahead, just the talk salt, about it. Just he talk says about salt it. is good, but if it's lost its taste, how shall the saltiness be restored? Talk to us about this salt. The salt in this, the note that I read when I was studying in the ESV talked about this salt that came from the Dead Sea and it contained impurities, right? So if it wasn't processed properly, it couldn't even do the job that salt was supposed to do. It was mm. literally useless mm. and it clogged up the, the sewage systems. Mm. So you're talking about a salt that doesn't do its work and not only doesn't do its work, but it's actually hindering. clogs up the trash from being trash. Ooh. So it's a trashier than trash. I, I mean, like I'm saying this in sort of this passionate, lighthearted way, but it's such a check, right? It's such a check. Mm. God, lest we be so, the, the salt that has lost its flavor, so useless that we cannot even be a use in, in like the most useless way. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how else to put that. But it's just, these are hot words and it's, it, it, it calls us to re-examine really, 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 truly walking in the, in the way of discipleship, lest we be literally disposed of when we think we're useful mm-hmm. and we literally find ourselves disposed of. Which goes back to what, you know, mm-hmm. you were talking about earlier, right? This, this call of God's kingdom is the way of God's kingdom that we see in these chapters is humility, a call of humility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see that what happens is this humility will breed intimacy. Mm-hmm. And the intimacy will fuel proximity. Oh, yeah. The, in, the, the it will, it will, it, it, God's kingdom, that's what it does. Humility will cultivate this intimacy mm-hmm. and this intimacy will mm-hmm. b- will breed proximity and proximity will go after those on uh, on God's heart and fill his table yeah. that's what that's what the way of the kingdom mm-hmm. Jesus is pointing us towards and making known his kingdom is yeah and it's so it's so countercultural it's mm-hmm. not just countercultural it is not something that can be done without the work of the Spirit yeah. in the believer's life. Mm-hmm. I know I'm on a tangent right now because, you know, of course, we break things down spiritually, personally, social, culturally. Listen, but, we, have we not already done that? <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Say what you got to say because you know, this is good. Yeah, you know, I, I'm thinking about this because, Leah, you know, the whole text has been pointing us towards this posture of humility. And when we see where God humbled, where we see the individuals in the text, the woman, this this woman who would be considered an other, and she just humbles herself and how Jesus sees her and she comes forth and he uh, he heals her and frees her from dis- her disability. It's like this humility that breeds this intimacy. Mm-hmm. And we can we cannot be in proximity and be about the the compelling mm-hmm. work of the kingdom without the spirit of God mm-hmm. at work in us. There is no possible way to do it. And and the spirit can be quenched if if you have no humility. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay? Mm. So I know I'm talking about this in current times if you're a professing believer and you have the spirit of God living in you, you know, but without it you your your flesh does not go towards proximity. Mm-mm. It actually says, "Blessed is everyone." Right? How can I how can I arrange my own comfort? Girl, go. <laughs> I can't say nothing else right now. It's 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 so this whole these two chapters were so like convicting and compelling, particularly on that point of proximity. And how it it is it is only possible through humility mm-hmm. 
and it lends to us getting to where God's heart is. We cannot get to it mm. outside of that. Mm. And so... Yeah, even the um, acknowledgement, even the mm-hmm. acknowledgement, I, you know, I'm looking at what, what you were talking about earlier, but like, and and the, the mustard seed and the leaven mm-hmm. and understanding um, for us personally, mm-hmm. personally, this posture of pride and um, what pride can do in our lives mm-hmm. and how it can... Uh, render us useless. It can re- render us so useless. And and what I'm thinking about is our judging of people, mm-hmm. how we can go into this encampment in our culture. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, right now you guys are not blind to what's happening in Christian... If you're... You got to be under a rock to not see what's happening, <laughs> it's, it's, it's and not time. just our world, but in yeah. the Christian, uh, mm-hmm. in the Christian community. Mm-hmm. I, I have been uh, affected uh, by these these encampments and and uh, making excuses yeah. uh, in relationships. I know other people who have, and it is easy and quick for us to go into a judging, a judging of others, right? But God is saying a posture of humility is what breeds that intimacy mm-hmm. to know who to compel. Mm-hmm. And what better example do we have than Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So we all, we see in these very passages, in these very chapters, mm. Jesus who could take on the posture of judgment against Jerusalem. And mm. yet he says, I long for you. I long for you to repent. Oh, that, Jerusalem. that longing, mm. loving longing Oof. that is present. How we know that the one, come on Philippians 2, who humbled himself. You better take us back to Philippians. Who humbled himself. Did not count equality a thing to be grasped. And, come and, on. and that proximity that he took by mm. his very incarnation, the fact that he put on the flesh to create that proximity, mm. to love on us, to call us to his table so that he could fill his table Fill his table, not Mm. only with the ones that knew the prophecy, Mm. but those that were poor, Mm. lowly, crippled, and Mm. the ones from the north, the south, the east, and the west. We're Mm. talking every category. His longing is for us to fill his table, to fill his table. Yes, and it takes me, you, you know, even as you were just saying that, it took me right back to the key verse in chapter 14, verse 27. Whoever uh, seeks to be my disciple who wants to come after me must, what, take up his cross and Mm -hmm. follow me. You must, I'm probably butchering this. I probably need to read. Whoever does not bear his own cross Mm -hmm. and come after me cannot be my disciple. Mm -hmm. And so this encouragement to us uh, through Jesus's words Mm -hmm. is, are we on the road? Mm Mm-hmm. Are we on the road? Have number one. Have we got on the road? Have we even gotten our, on the road? Have you? Uh, I want to know. Have you? Have we repented lately? If you, I don't know. Have you been starting your prayer time, sisters, who's listening to this podcast, with just asking the Lord for things and not spending time in intentional repentance? Mm intentional repentance before you even come to the throne of God, repenting Mm -hmm. and then saying, Lord, help me to bear my cross. Help me. Do you know the cross that Christ has called you to bear for your daily life, the places that he's calling you to bear your your cross, it, not just in your home, but I'm talking about the poor, the lame, the crippled, the blind, the people who are like that mustard seed tree that not only seem mm. insignificant, mm. but can be annoying. Come on, you better stop telling the truth on this podcast. <laughs> I can't even Are you it. spending time yeah. saying, Lord, you're calling me to carry my cross He's there. Help me there. to carry my cross there so that I can follow after you and be known, mm-hmm. be known by you and your kingdom as your disciple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all, humility breeds intimacy and intimacy will 
will will always cause us to go towards proximity Mm -hmm. and feel the master's table. Mm -hmm. Leah, will you pray for us? Father, we are humbled to even get a taste of your word in this Mm -hmm. way. We're humbled to know you. Um, and to know your heart in this way, that you desire um, us to taste yes, from your banquet, to yes, recline Lord. at your table, yes, Lord. to participate in proximity with yes, the poor Lord. and the lowly and the crippled yes, and the blind and the lame and the, and the ones that the, the world discards. Mm. You call us to elevate. Mm. And so we ask now that you would just do that work of, of uh, creating in us a desire mm-hmm. for repentance, cultivating in us our heart for humility and fixing our eyes on the cross that we would walk that road bearing mm. our own cross yes embracing those those paths of of worldly shame that looks mm-hmm. like for your glory mm. for your sake where we're mm. rejected and despised just as you were Jesus we know that these these words are not just for others but they're for ourselves yes so help us to own the words yes that your spirit is using to convict and to compel us Mm -hmm. to follow you in even deeper ways we entrust this to you in jesus name amen amen have a blessed day ladies